to exalt him. Say something sweet to him. congregation would take part with the praise team and if we would become one big praise team we all can do this together become one in concert together together. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, express it out loud and say something awesome to him. Come on, let's greet him this morning. Greet the master this morning. Greet the master this morning.
Oh God, you've blessed us time and time again just by waking us up with your presence. In fact, grab the hand of your neighbor. Oh God, this morning we thank you. We pray for our sister, our brother on our right, our left, behind us, in front of us. We pray that whatever's going on in their life right now, that you would intervene, intercede on their behalf. And God, we petition that things begin to change as you manipulate them in our lives. And that in this service and in this hour and then in this time, that you will open our minds and hearts. Expand us, God. Expand us so that we can have the capacity to operate in your true authority in spirit and in truth. And if it be that anything that's in us or is operating out of us that's not like you, show us, Father. Give us clarity and understanding through your text. We thank you for the blessings of our neighbor. Thank you for their life. In Jesus' precious holy name, let the church say amen. Give God one more hand clap this morning. coming into his presence. In fact, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. You all bear with me a little bit. Uh, we've been stretched. We've been preaching, teaching, revival and service after service and God has been good. Amen. I heard the first two rows. I said God has been good. Amen. Talk back to me. This morning, we've been doing a great work in crucifying our flesh and yielding over to the things of God. And the only way to yield over to the things of God is to remove the things of the flesh. We've been in this 31-day fast, and my God, my God, <laughs> That, that word is true. It says that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. All of our needs. Today is the 17th. So that would give us 17 days of praying and fasting. Anybody been blessed? 17 days of praying and fasting. I didn't see my hands go up. I'm sorry. And maybe you're not praying or fasting. It is true that when we begin to eliminate the very things that have fueled us, the things that have been enticing to our flesh, it is a battle because those things have grown with our flesh. 
In other words, if you've been doing this thing right, the very things that you have removed that have been identified as your weaknesses, you'll come to find out that you have struggled. That's what fasting is. That you have struggled along this process. People don't like to fast because they always want to feel good. In the physical. But there's a struggle somewhere in the spiritual. When our eyes are open in the spiritual, we then can identify that we've also been struggling in the physical. You don't know you're sick until your eyes have been open. <laughs> you know why? Because we go to see the doctor, the physician. And he opens our eyes from a physical sense. I told you that when you fast, you become open to different areas of your life that's been closed. Maybe most of your life. I want to just do a recap concerning freedom. This has taken me far beyond my ability and my thoughts, my preaching, my teaching, my reading, my time of meditation. And today I want us to understand the process, the process of freedom. Say it with me, understanding the process of freedom. We've been teaching and preaching all month long. Now I'm going to give you some points of reference as to where we started to where we are now. Some of you hadn't been coming every Sunday morning for Sunday school. <laughs> so I need to give it to you so you can uh, be caught up with us. Understanding the process of freedom. We've gone from uh, the Israelites in Egypt to with a deliverer by the name of Moses leading them out of Egypt, which is a land of oppression and slavery, into a wonder world called the wilderness. And when the children of Israel ends up or finds themselves in the wilderness, First and foremost, they had been delivered from slavery. God sees fit to take them around this journey for a short period of time to challenge their minds. Because God knows that they've been living in a time of oppression. Nobody comes out of rehabilitation and goes right back to work. <laughs> They have to be tested, has to be proved. In other words, he takes them out of slavery, puts them into a land of wilderness, but he did not intend for them to stay in the wilderness for so long. The reason why the Israelites remained in the wilderness for so long was because of their enslaved mentalities. In other words, they came from oppression but they were still oppressed. Let me say that again. 
They came from a time of oppression, but they were still oppressed. They came from a, let me, let me make it plain to you. They came from a bad relationship only to be in a new relationship with a bad relationship mentality. <laughs> they came from a time of uh, uh, financial burden. Let me use that, if you will, uh, 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 to bankruptcy, only to be set free with still a bankrupt mentality. Are you with me? <laughs> Woo! Uh, I want to use the term that came from a Hyundai to a Benz, but the Hyundai done stepped the game up. Come on. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't tell you what I did because y'all judge me. Okay. The first thing I want to point out in the text, and let me say this. I, I really don't feel as bad as I sound, okay? And so bear with me. Number one, because we're dealing with the frustrated people, disappointed folk uh, who were jovial, who were uh, dancing and shouting and praising God. I, I had a thought this morning before I get to number one. Thank you. I had a thought this morning while I was uh, attempting to work out. And this was for the church. <laughs> it was, you can only have so many dance moves in the church. I knew I won't get an applause on that one because what does that mean, Pastor? Yeah, that means that means that means that your dancing will soon, at some point in time, uh, become shallow. Mm -hmm. That means that, you know, you can dance so much and put on so much of a show. For some of us, it's not, but for folks that is, you know, I'm talking to you. You can dance so much and put on a show and come up with this move and that move and moonwalk in the spirit. But there comes a time where it's real and you say, God, I need you to show up. I've been dancing and leaping for joy and I ain't got no joy. I've been praising and singing your praises, and I'm still miserable. <laughs> I've been doing all of these things, and I'm still depressed. God, I need you to show up. And so while you're dancing, trying to praise your way out of it, some of us, and some of us were dancing because we want such and such and so on to feel or think, that we have it all together, right? There comes a time where you got to stop your dancing and just lay prostrate. It's called humility. Ooh. You see, it's okay to shed a tear or two every now and then. It's okay to express how you really feel before the people because it's not for the people. It's an expression to God. The church has grown and had become so accustomed to dancing and shouting and praising. It, it, it has become like automatic and ordinary. Uh, we don't serve an ordinary God. So why would your praise and your shout and your prayer life become ordinary? It becomes ordinary because you don't see the extraordinary God that we serve out of your circumstance. You know why? Because your mentality hasn't changed from the world. Ooh. Okay. Number one, number one, number one is God always promises you freedom while you are enslaved and oppressed. 
been talking about that. God promises freedom while you are enslaved and oppressed. God promises freedom because he is freedom. You say, well, how can he promise freedom and I'm still enslaved? Because he knows if you put your trust and faith in him, you will be set free. And that's a guarantee. Somebody say it's a guarantee. He guarantees your success in freedom. Number two, number two, God always raises up, watch this, a deliverer to bring the people out of physical oppression. You see, the deliverer must be or never be confused with a freedom fighter. The deliverer was Moses. The freedom fighter who had to go to battle was Joshua. So don't get confused with your leadership. In fact, you have two different types of people in you. I don't know where this is coming from. You have a deliverance mode that's in you, and then you have a fight mode. See, the deliverance mode is, let me get down, let me bow down. God, I need for you to deliver me. But once God delivers you, it's time for you to stand up and fight. It's hard to fight when you haven't been delivered. Talk to me, pastor. It's hard to fight when you haven't been there, when you haven't gone through anything. Because if you haven't gone through anything, then you don't have any skills. <clears throat> this is why I like to talk to people who's been bankrupt, who's been foreclosed, who's lost some things, because now they got some sense. <laughs> but take it from some people who's never been through anything, baby, they'll steer you astray. Right? You got them driving your bus and you don't even know where you're going. All you're happy about is the fact that you're moving. Well, mobility does not mean success. What if they got the bus in reverse? Who wants to go back to Egypt? Who wants to go back to their former life? Ain't nothing back there for me. And let me give you a paradox. Some of those things back then felt good. <laughs> Am I the only one? Yeah, some of those things that I've done in my past felt great. It was awesome, but it was not of God. Am I talking to the right church? Some of those things I smelled, some of those things I touched. I got a few folks who's real in here. Talk to me, deacons. <laughs> yes, sir. Some of those folks I rode with, smoked with. Drunk with, I had a great time. But it was not of God. It was not the will of God for my life. Watch this. <clears throat> Number three, God never takes oppressed people, watch this, directly to freedom. Ooh. God never takes, if you've been taking notes, you've got some of these notes. God never takes oppressed people directly into freedom. Right? You can't take a person, watch this who's never had anything directly into having something. You got to go through some steps. You can't leave kindergarten and go to college. <laughs> just like you can't be born into this world and just be on meat. It's a process that we have to go through, and we have to challenge ourselves to see where we are. There's different stages to this thing. <clears throat> I was thinking about something. Uh, that's a story. It, it resonates in my spirit. It's relative in my life. I was thinking about this uh, because there's a, a mother 
who's crying. Why is the mother crying? The mother's crying because the 16-year-old decides that he's going to pack his bags and move out of the house. He gets his bags, he gets all his stuff, and he feels that he's big enough to pack his bags because he has a little old license that he's not paying the insurance for, and he decides that he needs to leave home. Uh, I'm talking to myself. And so he gets here and he says, well, mama is crying because she doesn't want to leave. That's not the reason that mama is crying. Mama is crying because I'm about to be set free and I'm going to be in this life of freedom. That's not the reason mama is crying. Mama is crying because she's been in the same shoes that her little boy was in. She's been in the same shoes when she said, I'm going to get old enough, strong enough, financially stable enough for me to leave. And when I leave, I'm going to be free. But mama realizes that when she leaves or when she left, she had to return because she did not have the proper training to be responsible enough to maintain what God had given. <sighs> okay. Okay, and so mama is weeping, daddy is weeping because the son has made up his mind. It reminds me of the prodigal son. I'm going to take all of what you've given me and I'm going to split. I'm going to take flight. I'm going to go. I'm going to live life. How many of you know just because just because you've got a certificate or a degree does not mean that it's time for you to step out on that journey that God has created for you. It's still a process. It's still a process. Just because he proposed and put a ring on it does not mean that it's necessarily time to get married. Talk to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, you see, just because you've had a headache does not mean you need to go to the doctor and get some medication. I'm getting into my next message. We struggle with the problem versus the symptom. Oh, man. Good God Almighty. Okay, let's move on, Pastor. Let's move on for the sake of time. For the sake of time. Where am I at? Number four. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But let me give you this scripture here. It says, so God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. God never takes oppressed people directly to freedom. So he led the people around the desert road toward the Red Sea. Just a short period of time, I'm going to take you on a detour. I just want to talk to you a little bit. I want to spend a little time with you. I need for you to lay on your face. I got to talk to you about where you came out from. I got to talk to you about where you're going. And I got to talk to you where you are now. Because I'm going to catch some of y'all because some of y'all aren't ready to cross the Red Sea and go into the promised land. So I got to still deal with you because you're still stuck in the past. And because you're still stuck in the past, you're going to like mope around this desert, this wilderness experience for some time now. I wonder how many people there, brother deacon, I called you deacon. I wonder how many people are in the church today that are still hovering around the desert and God has created a great big old space for them mentally for them to go in and be set free. But they can't get stuff, they can't get out of their past stuff, they can't get out of their past headaches, they can't get out of their past relationships. They stuck. Somebody say stuck. I'm going to talk about being stuck the second service. Watch this. Stuck at the mountaintop. Oh, I want to give you some of that right now. It's good. Number four, God always leads the people into a stage of deliverance. 
this stage of deliverance is called the desert phase, the Sinai phase. In the wilderness, God leads them because he wants to take them out. He wants to set them free. Now he has to deliver them. They've been delivered, but he wants to set them free. Paradox, right? You take me out of my situation. I think life is good. No, it's just a part of the process. I've taken you out. I've delivered you. Now I got to take you through rehabilitation. I got to rework, rethink, redo some things in your life. Oh, so God is, I wonder which one of y'all here are in that stage of your life. Uh, you thought you had it. You thought everything was good. And then God just showed up and said, you know what? Pew, I'm going to take you out of it, but I'm not going to put you into what you think you're going into. God, when when you going gonna to pull me out? When you going to choose me? God already pulled you out. He just got you to stand still right now because your mindset hasn't changed. And so when you've been praying for that, that six-figure salary, God says, no, you're still a four-figure guy. <laughs> praying for six figures you can't manage four how you gonna do six <laughs> don't even think about seven see <clears throat> people that haven't matured enough to handle the promise watch this oftentimes taps into promise and then they take their life because they left too early. You can be married to the best thing in your life and not be ready to be married. And your marriage will be destroyed. It will die. It wasn't that you married the wrong person. You married the right person in the wrong time. Ooh, woo, boy. Good God almighty. Yes, sir. It wasn't that you couldn't handle the vehicle. It's just it wasn't your time to uh, operate in the vehicle. Right? I mean, it wasn't your time. And, you know, you look at, I won't go there. I was going to talk about pastors for a minute. Let me not talk about pastors because I'm a pastor. Let me not do that just yet. Verse 5, not verse 5, number 5, it says, God always provides miracles in the deliverance phase. When you get saved and you got good folks around you and God is always on your side, God just, just drops things into your life, <laughs> right? Because he knows the devil is just going to compound on you the moment you get saved. He just drops them in your life. You're saved. You're delivered. <laughs> drops them into your life. <clears throat> Watch this. There comes a time in your life where those miracles of manna, <laughs> the quail, uh, all those things, they, 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 they actually cease. The Israelites was great. They was great when they were even in slavery because they had everything. They had food to eat. They had drink to drink. Man, they were socializing. They was working together. They was doing it. They was used to somebody telling them to get up, get down, sit down, lay down. Whatever you got to do, get around. They was used to those things. They had become programmed. <clears throat> There's a few job sites out here in Mebane and Graham and Burlington. I call the plantation because everybody there is programmed. 
<laughs> you're programmed. And when you're programmed, really, really, you struggle at having a life. You work four days, five days, six days, seven days. Guess what? And your spiritual sense and your growth is just diminished because you say, I don't have time to read. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to go to church when maybe you need to change jobs. But you can't change jobs because you're so used to the income because you've maxed out your income. And now because you've maxed out your income, you are enslaved to your income. Good God Almighty. You, you have become a slave to the very things that you have in your life. Your debt has become your master. Your socialization has become your master. You feel like a nobody if you can't socialize with somebody. But when you know that you are a child of the king and you develop a relationship with the one and only God, the master, baby, you can be by yourself and carry on a whole conversation. You can be by yourself and sing praises and they say that joker right there is crazy. And then somebody that knows, that knows, that knows says, oh no, they ain't crazy. They over there praising God. They over there praying. They over there seeking his face. You know why? Because they have a relationship. I struggle with so many people in the church who don't know who they are. Struggle with people that feel like they're nobody. They talking about me. So what? If you're anybody and yes, you are somebody, baby, they're going to talk about you. People come talking about pastor, they talk about you. Well, great, that means I'm doing something. Look, they gonna talk, if, look if, if they're not talking about you, you don't exist. You don't exist. Baby, they're going to talk about you. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent. They're going to talk about you. Do you think I let that stuff resonate and sit in my spirit? Absolutely not. I got too many people to help change lives. I ain't got time to be worried about such and such and so on talking about me. Come on. Come on into the church and preach with me. Pray with me. Teach with me. Make me cough. Come on. <sighs> Says. I got to go. I got to go. It says, it says the Lord had made the Egyptians, watch this, favorably disposed toward the people. And they gave them what they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. Watch this. Number six, the purpose for deliverance phase is to provide for all for the mental training and attitude of transformation of the oppressed people. I put all that in there. Right? For training the attitude, transformation of the oppressed. That's, that's, the, that's the purpose of the deliverance phase. I got to get you out of your stinking thinking. Right? Let me talk to the brothers. First thing you do when you get a woman in your life and she's the woman of your dreams and you know you're going to get married, you got to crush all those old thoughts about the other joker. You say, hope, 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 hope. No, let me, let me get this door. I'm used to getting the door myself. No, you didn't have the right one in your life. Let me get this door for you. Oh, let me, let me cook. No, baby, sit down today. Let me cook today. Ooh. No, sit down. Let me wash those dishes for you. Watch this. No, 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 no. You got it. Let me make the bed up this morning. They're not used to that. <laughs> you keep fasting, he'll show up. Woo. Hey, good God Almighty, I shouldn't have heard that. I shouldn't have heard that. I shouldn't have heard that on the road. You keep fasting and you fast until something happens until he shows up. Okay, that's, that's the second service. 
Sometimes you got to fast until he, he shows up and, and the breakthrough happens. Uh, you say, God, I'm getting real thin because I'm still fasting. I'm waiting for you to do something because I'm doing something for you. Now watch this. In the amazement, yeah, you just benefit from your humbleness and your obedience. You're going to benefit. Okay, stop. Let's go. Let's go. I got to go. I got to go. Where we at? We're number seven. Number seven. I told you we got to keep it at Sunday school training. Number seven. God will never take a people to the land of freedom until he has taken the land and the lifestyle of slavery of Egypt. Watch this. From their minds. <laughs> He's not going to take the people to the land of freedom until he has taken the land and the lifestyle of Egypt. See, I've learned that God doesn't give it to you. God shows it to you. <laughs> God shows it to you. And he says, this is what you can have once you've been delivered. The flesh in you says, thank you for showing me, God. Now I want it. Now you go get it without being delivered from the old stuff. So now I start a new relationship with an old mindset. If you have an old mindset, you bring old people into your new thing. <laughs> you bring your old experience into the new life. You don't believe me. If, if, if I shackle you right now for 10 weeks, once I release you, you're going to be so excited to be free. The problem is, if I don't take you out of your shackled mindset, you'll be walking around still shackled. I know it's an oxymoron. You'll still be walking around still shackled. The church today are still walking around still shackled, still lifting your hands with shackles on them, still praising, still got shackles on Still dancing, still got shackles on. Why? Because we haven't been taught and trained how to come from here to there. Guess what? All of them are God's people. The Israelites was God's people. Moses was God's man. But he says, you know what? I've got to now let you die after you birth the next generation. And now I'm going to raise up a new leader because you've done all that you can do. I see that you're not going to change your mind. You're still my man. You're still my woman. You're still my kids. But I've got to move on because I'm God. And these are the things that I've let come out of my mouth. So now it's law. And now I've got to operate by the Constitution. So here it is. Here it is. I'm going to let you birth the next generation. You're going to die. I'm going to raise up a new leader who was always already present in the old. I'm going to raise up someone new. Watch this. He was present in the old, but I'm going to raise up someone new to lead a new people. Joshua was a part of the old, but his mentality was not of the old. Yes, sir. He was a part of the old, and God says, look, that's the boy I want to use. Him and that other fella right there named Caleb. I I can use them two brothers. Take up. I want y'all. I want y'all to deal with this next generation. Uh, 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 they're gonna be born into this world. Their parents and ancestors are gonna die off, and I'm gonna use them for the next generation. So I don't want the, the fathers to circumcise their sons. I, Joshua, I want you to do it <laughs> because if they circumcise their sons, then they're gonna instill old stuff inside of new minds. And Jesus said, how can you put new wine in the old wineskins? 
You know, God has a way somehow, somehow, some way of using the Old Testament and the New Testament, making it all work together. There is no contradictory. That's only just a misunderstanding. And when you have a misunderstanding, you have a misconception. And then you misconceptualize everything that God wants to do. And now you're no longer a believer because you think you listen to some joke or some goofball that told you that it's contradictory. You got to get proper training. Nothing contradicts itself in the text. Let me give you these last few. I had a conversation with a guy that's been to school, had all this training, and then he was just confused. I said, absolutely not. The devil is a lie. God is not about confusion. Now, you should know that because that's in the New Testament. How much training you had? What you, what? You better seek God's face and get that spiritual sense and know that you live and die by the Spirit. That's what makes you alive in Christ. Not your degrees. Go to school and you got 20 plaques on the wall and you just... <laughs> Y'all mad at me now. Y'all mad at me now. Where am I at? Where am I at? I believe I'm somewhere along number eight. Am I eight or seven? I'm number eight. Come on. God is willing to wait for the right generation. Watch this. To go to the land of true freedom. He took the children. He took the children of former slaves. Listen, he took the children of former slaves and led them into the promised land. I got news for you. Pastor Shannon Long, if you won't lead them there, God says, I will raise up somebody who will. God ain't waiting for no man. He's God all by himself. How is it a man get to the platform, a place that think that God can't do without him? No, God can't do it without us. So that means that, guess what? If you're not the one, he's going to remove you and choose the one. And, and, and what I love about the text is many people have been the one. They've been chosen. They just fell into a place of rebellion and disobedience. But God says, you were the one. Now I got to remove you. <laughs> right, let me move on. Number nine, God always raises up a new leader to take the people to freedom. Always. Always. Watch this. What you do when your teacher can no longer do anything for your child? You, you switch classes. When the school can no longer, when your child can no longer benefit from the school, you got to go to a school of excellence because they don't offer anything that can challenge the mind of your child. If there's no challenge, there's no growth. Number 10, and let's close. When the people arrive in the land of true freedom, the miracles stop. Work and responsibility begins. You know why? Freedom comes with a demand called responsibility. Folks that have been set free that's not responsible go back to enslavement. It's called prison. <laughs> Some people in prison get it. Some people don't. Some people love it because they have an Egypt mentality. They like waking up. They like three meals a day. Guess what? They know they're going to have a roof over their head. They're going to be in so much so a safe environment. But folks realize that destiny awaits for them outside of the jail cell. They never go back. You know why? Because they take on the responsibility of freedom. Freedom will cost you something. 
Freedom will cause you to put down your old ways, your old thoughts, so that you can move on and be free. Anybody will tell you that. You know why? You don't have to go to a physical prison to know that this is prison mentality. You know why? Because when we come to the church, we realize once we receive it and that light has just opened our minds, we get an understanding that, you know what? That old lifestyle that I thought was so great that I love smoking and drinking and sex and doing all these things, guess what? That's not what God has for me. And when I thought I was actually free, I was actually bound because those things stopped me from going to the next level. They stopped me from getting the next job. They stopped me from getting the promotion. I can't be at work on time because I got a hangover. They stopped me from processing, right? They stopped me from moving. They stopped me from graduating because I can't get over the experience of last night. Uh, good God. I wish I had, I don't, I don't. I wish I had more time, but I don't. This responsibility thing, let me read this and I'm going. Joshua 5, 11 through 12. You can find it in your Bibles later. It says the day after the Passover, that very day they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped. Listen, after they ate this food from the land, there was no longer any manna for the Israelites. But that year they ate the produce of Canaan. They ate the last miracle. They ate the produce of destiny. You ever read about the grapes in Canaan? Say they were huge grapes. No, no, get big spray. <laughs> nothing in the soil. When you operate in your destiny, things that came from heaven, you can pull right out the ground. There's a different soil in the land of promise. But here it is. You got to till the ground. You're going to have to work it now. Ain't nothing just falling out of the sky. Church today has lost the mindset of working, creating their own produce. You go from a lender and no longer a borrower. Come on. That's a different mentality. God wants to set us free. We will never be free if we remain in debt. When you decide that, look, that rent was great, now it's time for me to own. Watch this. Now I got to buy me a lawnmower. <laughs> now I got to pay a water bill, a light bill. Now I got to fertilize my own ground because I want to own something. You go from Egypt to the land of Canaan. It's time for us to work, so grow, and produce. Come on, stand and give God praise. As we, as we get ready to exit the building, as we're preparing our tithes and offerings for those who are going to sow and give, I want to pray and we're going to exit. 
deacons and deaconess will be on the doors of trustees to receive uh, your, your monies. And don't forget to sign up for our couples conference. Woo woo to my couples. Oh, y'all already signed up. Okay, thank you. Where's my singles? I was live last week. Uh, must have got a hangover. Okay. Kingdom singles, kingdom couples, sign up in the lobby. We got folks at the tables. Please sign up. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this advice. Thank you for giving us a skill level. Thank you for teaching the responsibility of obtaining and operating in this skill for the benefits of not just us living this great life on earth so that the people can see the testimony of your glory, of your manifestation of who you are in this life. Thank you. Heal, protect, cover, allow us to remain set free in your son Jesus' name. Let everything that we touch, let every seed that we spread take root and sprout up and become a blessing to the community of your people so they can see your glory and see that you are God all by yourself. Bless the ones that have and the ones that don't have. Our tithes, our offerings, and our seed blessings and that we're going to sow in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Love you.